already now. I don't know. Is Ready? this good sound? Can you hear me? It looks good. We're already... sitting back a little bit further. So, well, I mean, we did the sound check. I can yeah. hear you. Uh, I think I was leaning forward on the sound check. The, but... the AI editing will fix it. Fix, so. fix everything? <laughs> yes. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Good to go. And maybe also have us confess to a murder if it chooses. Yeah. At this point, I'm just, that's my uh, legal defense for anything. It's just. It's AI. It's AI. Did yeah. It. It's like, like a shaggy defense. But yeah. Like any videos, any, defense. any videos, any, any, any evidence at all, really. Yes. All right. Well, welcome to the A24 Ever <laughs> podcast featuring Charles. That's me. And Charlie. That's me. Where we're going to watch every A24 film uh, from the beginning uh, until they either run out or we have to reloop. So uh, this week's film is Lock from, I believe it was released officially 2014. Yeah, I think we're on the 2014. So. Yeah, officially in 2014. Uh, it did do the 2013 film circuit, but Lock, uh, I guess, first off, um, it's the movie about uh, – it's from tar- starring Tom Hardy, and basically that's just Tom Hardy. We hear other people's voices, uh, which actually it's a pretty stellar cast for the voices. I don't know if you looked at the cast. Uh, I didn't, and I was very, very proud of myself because I was like, that's Olivia Coleman, yeah. and I missed the even more obvious one. <laughs> and so Spider-Man? I looked after – yes, I missed <laughs> Tom Holland. I was like, mother. Uh, there's also uh, Andrew Scott. I don't know if you're familiar. Yes, yeah, uh, he played Hot Moriarty Priest. and Hot Priest yeah. and Fleabag, yeah. Um, I also caught that afterwards. Yeah, a few other, uh, especially on the British scene, a lot of the, uh, the the stars as far as their voices. But really, it's just Tom Hardy you're going to see on the screen. Uh, where Tom Hardy is, uh, we kind of join him mid-commute so- to somewhere. No, he's, I mean, you see him get in the car from the very beginning. He's getting into his uh, car. I missed that part. Maybe. Yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it was Birmingham, right? He was taking Birmingham to London. Yeah, but we basically jump in, right? So we, we don't, he's leaving the there, there's side. nothing else. Uh, we see him uh, basically just the entire movie is his drive uh, from the construction site where he's a construction foreman, uh, loves his concrete, as you'll as you'll find as you watch the movie. Um, and he is on his way to, uh, I guess, his not really a mistress, but a girl that he had hooked up with, um, or woman, I should say, uh, that he had hooked up with about, I don't know, eight months ago, seven, seven months ago? Seven months ago. And she went into labor early, and it really was a one-night stand. He has no feelings to her, no attachments, no emotional things at all. But um, as we find out that uh, he left his construction business, uh, he is basically um, kind of leaving his family uh, because... And and he wants to be there for the birth of this child because his dad was not there for him when he grew up. So, uh, and we hear the different conversations. Uh, There's, I think there's four different lines of conversation. I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, it's basically his uh, calls between him and his family. Six. Six. Good. Well, if you count the family all. I count the family as one. Okay. Then yes, four. Yeah. Uh, Basically calls between him and his house or his home where at his home are his wife and his two kids. Then there's his boss. Then there's the who person has, as bastard in his yeah. uh, the person who works for him, who he basically has to guide through the process because he just kind of left everything uh, of what needs to be done for this morning build because they're building like this big they're grandiose big project, pour. the <laughs> largest in Europe that's not nuclear. Or yes, whatever they it's said. non-military, non-government, yeah. non-nuclear, but it is a, a, a concrete pour. I don't know if he's construction foreman per se or if he's just the concrete overseer. I don't know enough about construction yeah. to know the difference or if there's a distinction. 
Yeah. Um, but he's all about that concrete. Yeah, I mean, he's in charge of everything. He's in charge of like shutting down the roads. He, yes, he, he's, yeah, yeah. he's kind of the foreman. And then the the final place, and, and maybe you can add more lines you really want to hear, but it's kind of like the hospital. It's where, where is um, the person who's having his his kid, Bethan, Bethan, Bethan. It's Bethany without the Y. Yeah, British people believe in being efficient. <laughs> uh, Bethan, and you follow uh, each storyline as. He is driving, and that's all he's doing in this movie. There's not, nothing else in the movie. It's just him being on the phone. Um, and his life is falling apart uh, all because he wants to right a wrong that he felt was done to him. I guess there is a fifth conversation, uh, yeah. technically, with an invisible, uh, I guess, the the dad, the imaginary dad in his mind. But she, he's not shown on screen, or he's not yeah. really there. You see, you see Tom Hardy's character, Ivan Locke, looking into the rearview mirror to talk to his dad in the back seat who's not actually there and you they show an empty seat yeah um yeah what are your thoughts but like what were your what were your impressions i guess going into it like what were you expecting um, i remember i kind of did a brief synopsis look through like the first 10 or so movies before we started this endeavor just what to expect this was the one of the 10 i kind of had circled because i thought the premise sounded great mm-hmm. and uh it really I mean, it was kind of just like watching a one-man play in a way. Like, you could almost see this being like a stage production. Um, And it was done – it was clever. It was unique. It was executed very well. The acting's incredible, both voice acting and Tom Hardy. What he's – just all the emotions he's letting out, everything he's going through, you really see this man go through crisis while also trying very hard to – even though he is sacked from his job in the middle of the drive, he is still working after that to get this done because it's just it's you can tell it's what he cares about the most. Yeah, he, 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 and his wife even alludes to it. It's that he loves this the concrete more yeah. than he loves his family or anything else going on in his life. Um, You're always more in love with your buildings, anyways. What she yeah. says when she calls and made her mind up that she is leaving him and but when you hear him talk about it it's poetic it is it's it's emotional like you can tell there's a a genuine love for just and and i'm gonna keep using the word concrete because that's what he said the concrete is that like it's it's this uh he said he was uh he's waxing romantic about his building and quote stealing a piece of the sky like that Uh, and like it's so emotional for him and you can tell that's his passion that it's legitimately his passion um, and what's interesting is, uh, Wally is having, he's already had these two children that he's already been a father to, and he has this mistake that he doesn't want to have a bastard child like he was. Um, but he is almost at the same time while he is driving and almost not there for the birth of his newest child or his third child, uh, he is giving birth or at least helping guide the birth of his concrete building. Oh, yeah. Um, almost as a, a metaphor for the thing he truly cares about. And he is there for that from even after he's told, hey, you are fired. You cannot work on this anymore. Uh, and he calls the person that um, works for him and says, hey, don't take any other phone calls other yeah, than me. Yeah, I, I will guide you yeah, through this. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the dedication that he shows and like he is um, – he, he, when he's talking with his wife and there's a serious conversation about he needs to leave and never come back. And he, at this point he's like, I, I need a number from the Rolodex. Like I need this number that you have access to. Yeah. That was another conversation he does have. <laughs> he does call that the government official to get the permit yeah. and to talk to the police officer who he also talked to. So there's a few other little ones, yeah. but the major ones we, we hit on. Um, yeah. It's actually an interesting juxtaposition that you brought up and made me think about it. So uh, at the same time, while he's choosing to have something in his life he's choosing to go to it and be part of its life the thing he really 
seems to care about the most is he's being told he can't be with that anymore at the same time. Yeah. It's very interesting. But he, he's going to be, uh, he's doing everything to make sure that it gets off the ground. He's not leaving and dropping it like a stone. Yeah. Even while this woman has an un- irrational emotional attachment to him as he's driving towards him, driving towards her in the hospital. Yeah. And, and I said it earlier, but I want to emphasize it. It's a one night stand where um, he had met this woman uh, she just was very sad and lonely and had two bottles of wine and she was enamored with his happiness. And, um, and uh, I mean, things happened, but after that night, there wasn't like there was additional conversations or if he's even having an affair or a mistress, even it's, it's just this one night. Uh, but it was enough. And, uh, it, it's, it's just an interesting, uh, watching somebody who is so, um, dedicated to making things happen. And then, by just his dedication to making this one thing happen and trying to be there for his kid's birth, which, by the way, he misses. Uh, yeah, he doesn't even make it. Yeah, it's a very short delivery period. Uh, but he misses it. And at the same time, everything else, he just kind of left by the wayside. And just not that he didn't care about it, because he clearly cares about at least the building. It's more the fact that because of his dedication to this one thing, that he is being absent in these other aspects. So um, it's just an interesting uh, philosophy of if he isn't actually a dedicated person, because uh, he clearly is willing to go through crazy and over the length things to make the things that he wants to happen, to make the things that he feels is right. But at the same time, he he's not able to balance and find that balance in his life, clearly. Yeah, I I think it – it delivered on all the messages it was trying to do uh, a flawed man who's made a big mistake, trying his best to do the right thing as he sees it. And in the meantime, everything unraveling because of the mistakes he's made, I think it's very interesting. I, I find it very, uh, his passion and just like his competency of his job. He's obviously very good at it. He yeah. solved some problems that seem unsolvable all while driving, doing this other thing while everything's falling apart around he him. He brought his binder with him and he's like looking through notes. And, yeah. uh, it, it It's just an interesting – like I, I think we all know people in our lives that kind of like are able to like work through those problems like on a phone. If you, The people that you call um, – and those people are always fascinating me because it's just like, all right, they can – even in mental crisis, they can focus on what needs to get done. Um, and this guy's clearly going through a crisis. So Yeah. Um, hopefully he gets hired somewhere else because he's he would be a good free agent. Um, I found <laughs> I do have one little joke note here. At first I thought it was a fantasy movie because he's driving a BMW and uses his turn signal in the first scene. <laughs> I was like, well, that's unrealistic. Uh, my only actual issue with the movie besides that plot hole is there is a couple continuity errors where he's driving. And it's mostly I notice it because I get so stressed out whenever I watch anyone in British like roads drive that being on the left side of the road. So there'll be scenes where he's like in the left lane speeding cut to his face. It's a continued scene. It's supposed yeah. to be. And there's cars passing like right and left or like whatever. Like it, you could just see he's not in the same lane shot to shot. It's kind of like in fight club. Don't, don't show the pool table because yeah. it's very easy to see where you stitch stuff together. Yeah. And it, it jumped out to me as a little bit clumsy on editing. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the things that really, I mean, if I have one criticism for the movie, um, it's largely going to be the accelerated timeline for a lot of different things. And especially with, uh, 
other um, of the characters' reactions and things that had happened. Yeah, this is uh, another one of those round eighty minute movies. There's been a lot of those here as we yeah, and it, it's around. It's also like almost shown in real time. Like that. I yeah, mean, yeah that, 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 I found that really cool. In fact, I was thinking, I wonder if they ever considered doing this all like one shot, like, <laughs> like actually, so. yeah, put him in a car, drive him, and like do, like well, a one man show. Did you did you read any of the production notes on how no. they they filmed it and everything? It's filmed over like six nights, but was interesting is that um they filmed the calls like live like they basically called him and they recorded the calls uh but they had the all of the other actors in just a conference room and they would just oh. be calling him like one at a time that's interesting as they're, as they're going through so it almost was like a filmed play just it was filmed in this car i like that uh, and then they spliced it together on the six but yeah the uh the accelerated timelines of um, just some of the things like, for instance, the, the birth where we, we basically get the girl to the, ho- the woman to the hospital. Uh, she has all this medical issues and then the baby's born all within this like hour period, which maybe that's the thing. I can, it can happen. It can way. happen yeah, for sure. Uh, but she also calls him with the baby cooing. Like it just, it, it, some of it just felt like a little bit like, eh, I don't know whether you're going to call this guy like yeah. while he's still on the way. Uh, and then, um, the same time. Uh, the wife and and she clearly is going to have that reaction, but just like the amount of th- the conversations, it just immediately goes to you're never coming to this house again. Uh, I'm sure she would say something like that. It just felt like everything was accelerated. Even the firing felt a little accelerated. Like this guy's like clearly the best con- construction foreman. Yeah, but he walked off on the most important night. He walked off, but he still was handling it. So the, like, the other thing, I guess, that didn't make sense to me. So like his children are calling him excited about the match he said he was going to go home and like watch the match with them i guess it's one of those another broken promise where the work takes precedent yeah was he, he ever going to come yeah, home yeah. i don't think so i don't think so either because i because i think if he would have he would have got fired for that yeah so i think there's certainly some things there where he was probably ever ne- never planned on coming home anyways because he was going to be at the construction site in the morning um so yeah he had already not planned not to come home uh, I, I think there was clearly some home issues that were already going on beforehand uh, of being kind of an absentee dad to these kids because he loved the building. Uh, and this this child represents almost like a brand new start for him. Um, and if he's fired and able to do it, now he's he's able to finally maybe yeah. commit. We'll I, see. Guess, I guess the promise of going to see the football match in a circumstance where he never was going to or watch it with him, not go to the football match. Uh, he's promising them he'll be home. Everything will be fine. And really doesn't seem that way. No, I think there's some other things that are going on, but um, never really alluded to. Uh, I mean, the wife, when she finds out that he has had one, she never really says, I had suspicions. It's more of a, if there's one, there's, it's happened more than once. Or one, no, 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 it was, uh, one is a whole lot more than never. But but then like the very next line in that sentence is is she says, uh, and that means probably more than one time. Like if you do it once, you've done it a million times, basically. Oh, I didn't catch. I, I, I but there she does I say there's a gap. The gap between zero and one. one that's it, what I. I mean, I guess I focus on that. I didn't yeah. catch where she was suspicious. It happened more times, um, and it seems like it only did happen the one time. He would have. I mean, he has no reason to lie. When no he's very lie. matter of fact, when she, yeah. when uh, Bethan, who is in the hospital and just needs somebody to to give her any kind of comfort. Uh, he is not willing to extend the any kind of uh, listen. We can talk about it, or I love you. He says, matter of fact, I don't yeah, love you. She's like, I could. Can you just say it once? And he's just like, nope. <laughs> yeah, I, I. Bethan's like, I could die, and she's just like, I. Well, listen, I don't love you. I don't hate you. I don't know you. Yeah. Uh, it's one night. Like, um, it's just it's it's an interesting movie. I think it's very good. It's very clearly Tom Hardy. Turns out, shocker, is a great actor, uh, and it's just basically a one man show. It's kind of like the bottle episodes. Uh, where you basically get to see, you're focused all entirely on this one uh, 
setting and setting. a few conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Not not entirely the same, but like similar to Colin Farrell and like phone booth. Yeah, there's um, that's a similarity, right? Yeah, it's like this think. bottle film where everything is going to happen in this one little area. Yeah, uh, and it's basically it's one person's going to carry this for the most part. Yeah, so the acting has to be great. The dialogue has to be great and both mm-hmm. delivered. Uh, I have a question. Uh, you're the British TV and cinema buff. Do, yeah, putting me on the spot. Do they have like a 555 number system where you can put fake numbers on there that no one can call? Because they're showing the numbers on the thing. And I didn't catch any patterns between them. I mean, I don't, I, to be honest, I don't, I've never really even thought about it from the British perspective as far as what their fake number system is. All right. Well, uh, welcome to our new segment where we dial every number shown on the screen. I mean, I'm sure they have something in the British uh, film industry where they have, hey, here are the numbers that are fake. Um, especially because, I mean, with the privacy concerns of just where, um, I mean, we're, I'm not necessarily the EU, but it used to be, but they still would be under the same kind of uh, laws and systems. Uh, I would imagine their privacy laws would require them to use some sort of fake numbers. Uh, not to go on too much of a tangent here, but we mentioned 24 a few minutes ago. Are you familiar with the 24 fan phone? No. They accidentally gave out a cell phone number of actually, I believe it was Kiefer Sutherland's cell phone. And it became the fan phone where they had it on set. And they like gave the act, if it wasn't Kiefer, he gave whoever it was as a new phone. And they kept that phone running and fans would call it. And people from their production staff or actors would just talk on the phone to the people who called. Oh, I wish for I a known. while, yeah. I was a, I was a fan of 24, at least yeah. the first six seasons. I think I stopped watching after that. But uh, let's see, anything else from this? I guess, let me do well, my box office. Well, before you do that, uh, we've already opened them, but we do have a beer of the week for this one. Now, we wrestled with whether there should be one or not. We're not condoning drinking and driving, uh, but I cannot resist the obvious pun of the Beck's beer with the logo having the key on it, lock and key, which is the first thing that showed up when I tried to see if it was on Netflix. Lock and key. <laughs> that turns out to be a TV series. Uh, speaking of drinking and driving, I think that is a great mo- film uh, scene or scene or moment in the, in the uh, actual movie where his, uh, his, I don't know, Garrett. junior foreman, uh, Dolan, Doran. Do- yeah, Garrett's the boss, sorry. Uh, now. Donald. Uh, it's Donald. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Got there eventually. Uh, yeah, Donald... Uh, he he is the junior foreman who is he is basically kind of the hands on keyboard where uh, Ivan Locke is telling him everything that he needs to do, and Donald basically uh, at one point has to admit that he's been drinking, uh, and uh, at some point he needs to actually get in a car and go somewhere to do something in person, and he's like, I can't, I've I've had too many, I'm not drunk, but. <laughs> He's Which like, is very responsible. Yeah. Like, I feel like if it's like a billion dollar thing and I'm not drunk, I don't know, maybe I would risk it, but uh. yeah, maybe it's <laughs> the culture is a little better about it over there. Yeah. Um, but no, he ends up having to run, <laughs> run it off. He's like, I don't run. I can't run. He's like, yeah, you can go run. Uh, let's see. Uh, I, let me do my uh, little general box office thing. You, okay. Do you know what the box office movie? This will be uh, now we're getting into no April to... 25th, 27th, the weekend. Of that 2014, we're getting kind of into uh, Marvel movie territory. I think last week we talked about Captain America Winter Soldier. Is that still on top? I would assume it was. I If you had, if you told me that this was a movie, I would not even know what the number one movie okay. was. It's called The Other Woman. No idea. The Other Woman. Uh, this is uh, starring, uh, what is this? Is this Cameron Diaz? Oh, God. Maybe for our next- Leslie Mann, Kate Upton. Okay. 
Uh, but yeah, Captain America slipped to two. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, it seems like a real, not a lot of movies were uh, really released in that time. But Maybe on our next lap, once we catch up on all the A24 movies, we go back and watch the movies that were number one the weeks. <laughs> uh, yeah, watching every one, number one release ever yeah, would that, be an interesting. Or no, every number one that was re- while an A24 movie was released. Yeah, this would be an interesting. But yeah, The Other Woman, I, I have no idea what this movie is. It only made $24 million, but it's not a big deal. Made <laughs> it all that weekend, uh, apparently. But uh, Locke, uh, I mean, to be honest, I'd not never really even heard the movie until we either. had started going through this. But uh, uh, it came in 37th, and the highest it ever ranked was 27th uh, a few weeks later. But uh, it only opened on four theaters, so it had a real big showing, but um, only per theater average. But I don't know. I, I th- it feels like a movie that's like going to be on HBO that it will just be on every now and then. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I see that. Yeah, it's not a movie I think that is – too spectacular. It's not going to grab. No, no part of the movie is ever going to grab you. You kind of need to know what it is going in. Uh, yeah, like it's a movie. You, it. If it's on, you will watch it. But I wouldn't go out of my way for yeah, it. And if it's half of, if it's halfway done, and you've never seen it. You're going to be lost as hell. I, maybe. I mean, honestly, you might not be. It depends. Be. <laughs> yeah, some of it. Um, it's a movie that I think if you were stoned, you'd be like watching it and then not realize that you'd watch the whole movie and be like, oh, shit, that scene's over now. <laughs> well, I don't know, because when I get stoned, it's uh, everything slows down. So an 80 minute movie would feel like four hours. Yeah, but you might be like, this scene is still going. You yeah. might be like, really start freaking out. <laughs> yeah, that could happen. Probably has. Um, so we mentioned, I guess, the companion movie for this would probably just be Phone Booth around that time frame. Yeah, I, it, there probably could be a couple other ones, but honestly, it's it, it's it's just a bottle movie. Um, yeah, it, it's really a Tom Hardy kind of just, a, a vehicle. Yeah, literally a Tom Hardy vehicle. Yeah, not to the top necessarily, but eh, he's in it. It'll get you from A to B. <laughs> get you from Birmingham to London. All right, so how does this rate for you on our list? I see. You oh, I don't even know what the list struggling is struggling a little point, bit. Got to remember that the leaderboard. I mean, this is probably midway, maybe near the bottom. Honestly, yeah. To be honest, uh, I think that there's not a lot there underneath the surface. Um, everything is pretty much there. Um, it is certainly it, it, it's about a guy and and his struggles with an absent uh, T father, um, and how that affects him and the decisions that he makes and how he's going to literally throw his life away. Uh, so there's there, there it's there, um, but I don't know. It's fine. It's a fine movie. Yeah. I don't know where that goes. I think that generally the movies that we've seen have been a little bit better than fine. Yeah, I would have guessed that this would be number one for me just based on reading the descriptions and, again, how excited I was for it. It doesn't quite get up there for me, but it's up there. I mean, I I don't see anything in the first four being better than this. I think I like this a little bit more than Under the Skin. I think Ginger and Rosa is way more interesting than this. Oh, Ginger and Rosa is – Ginger and Rosa is very interesting, very well done. I just – I don't know how much I, – I, it's always hard to separate out what's your enjoyment level versus what, what is the accomplishment of the film. I, I just think – And with, I think that's a film that accomplishes a lot, but I enjoyed less. When you focus on a single character like this and, and it's a single event, uh, I think it's just very hard to make it uh, super – the depth of everything. Like even the other characters are just not in the – like none of the other characters on the phone are, de- are deep. Um uh, Danielle, my wife had a comment. We watched this together in our upcoming movie. Uh, and she said about this movie, Oh, well, that's the first one I've watched with you that actually felt like a movie <laughs> where it like had a beginning, middle, and end conclusion. Well, uh, what was it? Yeah, I think she watched, uh, so she watched, uh, Under the Skin and before that, Enemy. So, so uh, what I think is interesting about this movie is that I think if I'm watching this in a theater, I would be like, This feels very small. 
This feels like a movie you watch it. Like this is a hotel yeah. movie. This yes. is a movie yes, that. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I I am in a hotel and I'm just turned on. Oh, I got free HBO. Let me see what's going on. Uh, and it just happens to be on. I mean, or just watch, watch it, it on your phone while you're driving. Like yeah. on a little road just trip. Throw it in DC. there. Yeah. Uh, it's totally it, it, it feels like a movie that uh, it's not going to be a movie that you would go to theaters for. So yeah. while it may feel like a movie, it also at the same time doesn't to me. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. It does it not enough spectacle, I guess, yeah. and to put it in loose terms. Yeah. So I I, I don't I'm, I actually can't remember my exact leaderboard at yeah, this point. Gonna, Hopefully, there's no continuity errors. But yeah, that'd be fun. We can just leave it up there for any other visitors to our little podcast studio. Um, but no, I would put it between. Enemy and Under the Skin, I think, is a good spot for it. Just not quite as good as Enemy. Not as definitely not as thought provoking and like not as much going on. Not as many themes to explore in this, yeah. but still very good. I, I do recommend this to listeners. Go watch it if you haven't already. Eh, if it's on, I watch it. But I would yeah, maybe go out of your way for it. For me, well, that's fine. A little bit of divergence is uh, good. Hey, that's another nod. It's a spectacular now. Uh, all right, so I think I'm out of accidental joke so let's go ahead and sign off i i suppose yeah, that's where i'm at all right thank you for listening and stay tuned and next week we will be talking about obvious child movie with a little bit of similarity to the one we just talked about unexpectedly so we'll see you then oh goodbye yeah that's yeah <laughs> we usually have the back and forth <laughs>